I have mentioned this to someone before when I talk about the show, that it's a lot like when a couple gets pregnant and they say, we are having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> However, one person is carrying that child. We are having that baby, Michael, every day. <laughs> and you are carrying <laughs> that child. Welcome to a very special episode of Yes or No. This is a very special episode because while we have had many illustrious figures on this show before, never, to my knowledge, have we had an actor, a movie star, someone who is in the movie that is released nationally right now, Courageous Legacy. This is the follow-up to a movie that was released in 2011, did extraordinarily well, and a good movie about faith, about family, about fathers, a good movie about the police, and a movie where one of the stars is the producer of this very show. Not just Yes or No, but the Michael Knowles Show here at The Daily Wire. That would be Ben Davies. Ben, this is surreal. This is very strange. You are usually right there directing this show, but now you are in the hot seat. It feels so different being in this seat and not knowing a single question that I'm about to read really stresses me out. But thank you so much for having me, Michael, first of all. You know, it's, it's truly an honor to finally talk to you face to face. I mean, this is the first time we've ever spoken with, without, you know, have a secretary sort of running back and forth. <laughs> this, is, this is really great because a lot of the people who are watching don't know this, but we're such a powerful operation here at The Daily Wire. We're so leaning into Hollywood that even our producers are movie stars. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess you could give me that title, except uh, I don't think anyone would know me walking through the office. But, like, you're that guy that wrecks Michael's show every single day. That's usually how I'm known as I yeah. walk these halls. <laughs> but, you you know, you really have had a, a long career in film, and this is a big movie, and it did extremely well 10 years ago. And now this new version, where, where you've you've all aged, obviously, 10 years, this, this is now in theaters nationwide. Yeah, it was great to come back and see how old everyone got after 10 years, but it is great to see there was such a great response from the first movie that came out in 2011 with Courageous, and then the impact it had across the country that Sony actually came back and like, hey, can we print some more money and release this movie again? And uh, they brought us all back to shoot this alternate ending for Courageous, and so we've all actually legitimately aged 10 years. We shot the original in 2010. We shot this alternate ending in 2020. They recut the movie. It's released nationwide right now, so everyone, please go out, see it. I'd really appreciate it. And I uh, can't wait to see the response. Hopefully, it's just like it was in 2011. This reminds me of that movie Boyhood, you know, where they shot it over a period of time. Except this one, That's I... exactly what it felt like going well, back. I was like, dude, did you see... Because they have our photos. Like, when we originally shot the movie, I'm like, oh, man, it's been rough on you. And we came back, like, seeing people aged 10 years. But this movie, I assume, does not have that big lib Patricia Arquette in it. This is the most base movie that's going to come out this Great. year. Great. Okay. Well, this is obviously now it's got a leg up on Boyhood. All right. So I don't need to explain the rules of this game to you. No, you do not. And I would like to let everyone know that I did invent this game, and it hurt me personally every time that you just disregarded the point system, just the flagrant disregard for the care that I put into this game. <laughs> yes, like, the I points know. don't matter. So we actually did do a new graphic. So every time you get a question wrong, yeah. you're going to get dinged for it. Ugh. And I'm going to get a point. And at the end of this, justice will be served for all those times you completely disregarded my rules for this game. Fair enough. Now, you know, look, as you know, I don't, I don't um, pay a lot of attention to the rules. Should we start with a little, a little drink? You're having a what? What is that? An old-fashioned? That is an old-fashioned. All right. Chin-chin. Delicious. <laughs> the only thing Italians are good for is pizza and gangster movies. It 
It's ridiculous. There's so many great Italians doing so many great things. We're also good at being gangsters. <laughs> yeah, secretly. <laughs> the gangster movies come from something. Michael does run this place with an iron fist. Like, everyone is scared of what they're going to find if yeah, no, they cross it is, Michael. It is really tough sometimes. Like, there was, I don't know. Can we tell tales out of school about personnel stuff around? So there was this guy. We can always cut it out in post. I yeah, okay. Because that. there was this guy, Elliot Ness, one time who worked, who worked for this company. And he made a mistake, you know. And sometimes you get written up at HR. You know, maybe you, I don't know, you get sent home or something. But this guy, Elliot Ness, that's not how I reacted to him. I said I wanted this Elliot Ness dead. I wanted his family dead. I want his house burned to the ground. I want to go to the ground. I want to <laughs> on his ashes. <laughs> you know, people don't know that because it wasn't on camera. You still got it. I, most people probably know you just from the Michael Knowles show. But Michael Knowles is a very talented, successful... <laughs> Gangster actor. <laughs> Mafioso. So now we both got that right. I think we both, we both get a point. If we both get a point, of course, you we have to you drink. Right. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Christian films are only entertaining to people with morals. Wow. Did not write that one. I agree with that. But you know, there's a caveat here. All people have morals in the sense that all people possess moral conscience. All people actually do know broadly the difference between right and wrong. Now, some people don't act uh, in accordance with what they think is right. Some people do the thing that is wrong, but they all know. I mean, this is, this is why we can, you can watch a Christian movie, you can watch some bad movie, you can watch what, what, and you can, you actually can understand the moral universe. It's actually the only way we have self-government is because we know the difference between right and wrong. It's a great answer. It really is. But you are dead wrong, Michael. Wow. Okay. Uh, what most people don't realize is when you see a great movie and it lasts, it's because at its core, it's a Christian movie. Like the, uh, the writer of Braveheart said, this is an explicitly Christian movie. And I want you to understand that when he was interviewed with the 700 Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are Christian movies that are over-the-top, cheesy, and horrible. However, not, not Kratos not being one of those. It's a fantastic yeah, yeah, movie. Right, right. But most of the movies that do last, like stand the test of time, and you go back and rewatch them, they're great. Yeah, yeah. The, the writer or director would be like, this was intentionally a Christian-type project. And uh, so not every movie. Well, I, agree. I mean, certainly Christianity is the greatest story ever told because it is real and because yes. it, is, it is the real enactment of the deepest longings of our hearts. So I suppose, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. I, I think we're quibbling over <laughs> I just uh, want to the nature of honestly. morals. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm a little uh, suspect on the definition of morals here, but that's fine. Okay, so then I drink, right? Because I lost. Yes, okay. exactly. <laughs> the re-release of Courageous <laughs> removed several scenes that had the character David Thompson and the movie is better because of it. <laughs> now I have to answer how you would answer. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Someone's, so I'm gonna someone's definitely gonna get fired. Right? So I'm I not. People wrote these questions, but I'm not gonna answer the way that I would answer. I'm gonna answer it the way you would answer. It. Correct. Okay. Well, have you seen the first movie? Uh, not yet. But I am going to end up seeing it before I see the second movie. Then, so you're going to say no, because I don't know for sure. Exactly. Okay. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> How am I, I can't make a judgment about these things. Yeah. Um, here's the problem. I have seen the first one, and I have not seen the new cut. 
So I don't even know how to answer. That's and, and I don't know what scenes they may or have added or removed. So I think this is just kind of a wash with the drink because like I and I do think that every movie, you know, over time you can go back and assess it. There are moments you thought were precious and important that yes. you have to cut out and they're better. So maybe it will make the movie better. And I know this movie is better than the original. I don't know how many of my scenes were cut. This is the so. problem. It would be very funny if we do this whole thing, we plug this movie, and then they just completely cut your character <laughs> out of the whole, the whole... I don't know how they would do it, but... Okay. So I think we should probably drink for that. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Okay. Uh, the person sitting across from me is easy to work with. So I got to answer for you. Yes. Okay. Now... <laughs> Correct. You come out with it. Come out with it. No, you don't. You're you're flattering me. You're flattering me. Uh, I send in my script late. I never get you the answers to questions you need. I barely respond to any emails. Michael, you've worked with actors before. That's true. You know the most difficult people on the planet are actors, are, are actors. and actresses. Yeah, that's I true. I think they are God's gift to this world. And I, I hate to to brag too much since we are like coworkers, <laughs> but even people come to the office to like. Yeah get tours and I don't want to speak to these people. You're like, oh, bring them in. Like, I would love to have a chat and like see how they're doing and get to know people. And uh, no, other than you showing up late every single day. Every single. Every single day. No matter what, on time. Other than that, it's a breeze. No, you're right. I'm basically Mother Teresa. You're right. You're right. So I got I got that wrong. I'll take a sip. The other producers, though, are much more difficult to work with. No, yep. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> without question. <laughs> slight, slight turn. Oh, no, I guess this is sort of related to the movie. Police reform is important uh, to moving forward in our country. Police reform. Police reform. This is the tricky question. Oh, you know what? Yeah, is we're reform gonna, we're gonna cuts, think, but, So we're talking about like currently what the police are doing yeah. versus, well, is this like the woke version of reform or like the conservative version of reform? We guess it, it could mean whatever. It could right? be. So well, in, that, the, in the way it is commonly understood, let's say that. In the way police reform is commonly used. Or how you would wish it to be reformed. Can I do that? Like, well, that would be different. So we're going to do the common tongue. Of, the common one. Okay. I, think we, I think we just answered as yeah. we would for the common. <laughs> yeah. And then if, they, if we flipped it, we would just have to flip it, right? Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's so frustrating to hear that we're going to fix the problem by allowing more problems to happen. And right. if, if it was my jurisdiction, it was my police force, I would want people throwing the can for jaywalking. And yeah. then I guess what? We live in a better society, I think, because of it. I, I cannot stand like weakening our only protection against the people that are trying to wish people harm. I mean, you know what? I hear this too. I hear this often, pardon from our uh, libertarian <laughs> friends out there. They'll say, you know, we have a big problem of over-incarceration in this oh country. Oh my gosh. Over, and I think, okay, well, crime is spiking right now, right? We got this huge drug problem. We got murders are spiking, all sorts of, it would seem to me that we have an under-incarceration problem in this country. Is that... It, it's like in, in the 90s, they always cite the incarceration of people and the, with the war on drugs or whatever. But you also saw a dramatic drop in crime. Yeah. All of a sudden, like yeah. all, magically, yeah. They, when there was people thrown in jail for crimes, there was less crime. I know. There, there was a New York Times headline that said something to the effect of prisons keep filling despite the crime rate dropping. <laughs> You're like, well, do you know what despite means? It's, just, it's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you and I could reform the police, it'd be yeah. we want to enforce the laws. And also, if you 
lock up Granny for not wearing a mask, then yeah. that person should be thrown in jail. Yeah, that's the thing. Because right now, the cops are really good at throwing uh, uh, the Viking guy from the Capitol. They're really good at throwing him in the Has anyone seen that guy, by the way? No, that like, guy, just, yeah. He's, he's in Guantanamo He might somewhere. be a Fed. I don't know. I mean, I'm <laughs> kind of torn. Is he a political di- uh, prisoner or is he a Fed? I'm not so sure. So they, they do that for all the awful, terrible MAGA people who had the insurrection, you know. But meanwhile, the libs who burned the country down for six months, who like at, burned down courthouses, police stations, Private businesses killed dozens of people. They go scot-free. I would like to reform our system such that uh, those guys don't go scot-free and maybe, you know, granny from the Capitol doesn't get the book thrown at her. I couldn't agree more. All right. Maybe you both win that one. There you go. It's me. Uh, let's see. <laughs> oh, this is, this is a good one. This is probably my favorite one so far. Um, I got into... I got into political news because I couldn't quite hack it as an actor. Hmm. And there's an old saying about this too. Yeah, yeah. However. So you gotta answer for me, I gotta I'm answer, answer for, for you. you. However, We're both in political news. Yeah, but you're in a movie that just came out. Hmm. All right, so I'm gonna say no. You're actually right, because a lot of people don't know this, but I was in politics first. I did not know that. I was, yeah, my first political, I mean, I'm saying professionally, obviously when I was, although Frank, you know, I did my first little play when I was a kid at age eight. But I did my first campaign at age six because I campaigned for Bob Dole in my first grade classroom. But uh, no, I, my first professional uh, campaign, I was 18 or 19. And my, I'm trying to think my first really professional acting job. I was probably more like 22 or 23. So a long love. I, I think the two are actually extremely related. And, and frankly, my politics did, did have some effect on my uh, <laughs> meanderings in Hollywood, as, as has happened to people before. But uh, I think the two are really related. The, the way that you'll hear that politicians and actors are the same, is that they're uh, extremely um, egotistical liars, both How of them. How dare you. How dare I, but, <laughs> and, you know, at their worst, that's true. But I actually think the thing that unites politics and show business, and actually why there's a huge overlap between the two, Reagan, Stuart Smalley from Saturday Night Live, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Ventura, Sonny Bonner, right, the list goes on and on and on, Donald Trump for that matter, is you have to be concerned with the truth. As an actor, the truth of your given circumstances, and as a politician, you know, sort of deeper philosophical or theological or political truths. And then I think you have to like people. I mean, you can speak more to this, but if you're an actor, you've got to, your, your job is to create characters that are empathetic. And uh, if you're a politician, you just spend your whole life at the VFW hall eating spaghetti dinners with people. So if you don't, if you don't like people, there, there's a much easier way to make a buck than, than to do that. I'm not even sure how to answer this one. I did start into acting much earlier than you did. I was two years old when I did my first campaign and then did commercials. And Your first I, acting campaign, you mean, like an well, actor? That was act, well, that was a print ad, but then the, uh, yeah, yeah. the uh, acting stuff really kicked off uh, high school, college, and then I have been a leader supporting in 25 different films even before I did yeah. started working at The Daily Wire. However, I did also, because of... Uh, just the the drying up of the market in LA. I did actually w- seek out other opportunities to to do political commentary. I actually started with Rebel Media because I had so much downtime because they were not they were literally not casting any straight white men in Hollywood. There was a bunch of articles written on this too at the time. Yeah. So the casting yeah, yeah, pool I, just dried up to that. nothing. And then you know a year of that, I'm like, well, I've got family and yeah. to provide for, so I'm going to get into politics. So I, <laughs> but I'm still doing acting. So I guess, but I maybe I did. Because I couldn't hack in Hollywood. I have no idea. Like, I don't, I would That's say, right. I guess it, you could both be a successful actor and have gotten into political media right. for that so reason. Like, That's true. Okay. So it's a, 
Would that be a judgment call on your part then? Because I'm not exactly sure. I'm going to keep my point, but I am going to take a sip. Okay. I mostly just want a sip. Mm. Okay. All right. Protestants hate Catholics because they are simply jealous that they are not the OG Christian religion. Protestants I, hate Catholics because? Because they're upset that they're not the OG Christian religion. I'm going to say, I've got to answer I mean, for you. That's... So this is, you could dispute the idea that Protestants hate Catholics, but, but let's say given that premise, Protestants hate Catholics, like in that world, if Protestants hate Catholics, it is because they're not the OG Christian religion. What would you say? I would say uh, yes. No, I would say no. You would say that Protestants don't hate Catholics because they're the OG. Well, it's even more complicated than that. I'm saying if Protestants do hate Catholics, it is not because they, the Protestants, are not the OG Christian religion. I think the reason that Protestants, if Protestants hate Catholics or if they, you know, have big problems with Catholicism, I think it's because of their own misunderstanding of Catholicism. I, th I forget who put, put it this way. It was some old theologian type. One of those guys. One of those guys uh, who, was it John Henry Newman or Ronald Knox or I don't know. Was they like all sound the same. They, yeah, it was one of these guys who said, uh, maybe it was Fulton Sheen. Anyway, that... <laughs> Just going through the Rolodex. And yeah, yeah. Was it St. Augustine? Was it St. Thomas Aquinas? Uh, there are not a hundred people in this country who disagree with the Christian faith. There are a million people or many more millions of people who disagree with their misperception of the, of the Catholic faith. But there are not a hundred people who actually do. And so you'll hear these things. A lot of my Protestant friends will say, why do they? I mean, we've had these discussions before. Yeah. Why do Catholics worship Mary. You say, they, well, we don't worship Mary. Why do Catholics pray to idols? You know, well, we don't pray to idols. Well, why do, you know, and I just think, I, if, if those things were true, I would understand why Protestants would have a big problem with Catholicism. Problem is, they're not true. Well, we're not going to sell our differences over a drinking game, unfortunately, yeah. but I do think, you are right for me. I don't think that Protestants hate Catholic because they think they're the OG religion. Yeah. Um, am I correct on you? No. No, I think that uh, Protestants hate Catholics because they hate the truth. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, <laughs> hey, come on. No, I'm just, I'm, am I? Uh, okay, so do, now do we, I guess we both drink on that. Uh, yeah, I believe so. All right. Usually the default is you just drink. You just drink. That is one of the rules. That actually yes. was one of the red ones. All right. Now uh, you read the last one. Is it my turn? I believe so. You, know, I, you read the religion. I did read so. the last one, yeah. I would rather be stuck in an elevator with Ben Shapiro than Matt Walsh. You, uh... Oh, come on, Michael. You know me better than this. Because you hate Jews. <laughs> right? I thought the Catholics obvious. hated the Jews. Yeah, yeah hold on. No, I, I, I would like to hang out with Matt Walsh. Uh, ben is just too... He's, he's so much more intelligent than me that I feel like I couldn't have a conversation. The only thing I would do is take a selfie and ruin half my friendships because they know that I'm friends with this Nazi Jew that is just trying to destroy the world. <laughs> so like, right, a white supremacist. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, it is, it is tough to keep up with Ben, too. Because, you know, the thing that Ben does is he's doing, like, four things at once yeah. all the time. So you'd be having a conversation, but he is writing a column, you know, in his, as you're, so it, you're, you're getting both. But the, the, another person I've heard does that is Jay Leno. Really? I have. I just, I don't know. I don't have first-hand experience, but yeah, I think that's fair. Whereas Walsh, you know, the only thing he would do to distract would be like chop down a tree or something or, you know. He's such a bro. Like the first time I actually hung out with Matt Walsh, we were at uh, John Rich's party and Walsh and I kicked up a conversation. We're smoking these unbelievable cigars, some of the best cigars I've ever had, yes. and then had whiskey and talked for like two hours. 
Such a good dude. And he plays Catan. I've gotten like 10 words out of Walsh. You've got two <laughs> hours? Yeah. What's wrong with me, man? I don't know. Okay. Uh, we both got it right. So we both got it right, so we should probably drink. Okay. To you, Michael. Film sets are a great place to spend hours of your life. <laughs> uh, let's see, because you're still in the business. So, uh, oh, I guess I, because I know this about you. I know you hate being on film sets. I hate it. I mean, Why I, do you hate it? It's I, such a great environment. You know, the last gig I did before I hung up my spurs, I got to have a lead role in a movie. And uh, I, I'd never had a lead role in a movie. I'd had some supporting things and all that, and I'd done a, a lot of theater. And, but I, I thought, oh, okay, now I'm on. And it's so boring. And it's so, because you just you sit you. there. I mean, you sit there for hours and hours and hours. You do nothing. No one's even reading. You're just kind of making small chat, small talk and chit-chat. How many of those have I had? You do all of that. And the other thing that's technically very hard about this is, is with a play, it's linear. So you you work on your sort of character arc in a very direct way. Or with a movie, you might you might film the last scene first and then the middle scene next and then... I hate plays so much because of this. I've never <laughs> done plays in my life. Like I've really? legitimately, I've done 25 films, never done a play. And there's something so pure about being in the moment. You like dive into these scenes. I think it was... I describing the films that to some people, I was talking about my history in track and field, which that was what I did before acting. I was a, the actual national record holder in the decathlon at the University of Florida, and I was the best American ever at the time going into it, and then I got hurt and got into film. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I know. I got injured in my decathlete uh, <laughs> too. I was, this yeah, is really how we bonded um, was talking about Talking about the, you know, the swimming or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it was just, it, it, I'd describe it as just each event, you have to go on to the next one, and it's the most important event of your entire life. When the gun goes yeah. off, you just go. And so every time I'm in an acting scene with somebody, mm. I love digging into the dramatic, broken moments of these movies and getting to experience that, and you're with people that are like in the trenches with you, and yeah. the, when you're working with the, a, a good director, then they're trying to capitalize on what you're doing, and you collaborate. It's this beautiful piece of art every single time that I love, and I, yeah. I can't get that experience. As much as I like to think that us doing the show every day is that much fun, it's just not quite No, that. it's, it's so. a very intense experience being on a movie set. Yeah. It, because it's like summer camp. I mean, you fall in love with people, you form cliques, you, you, know, you think you're all going to be friends forever, and then you never talk after the movie in some cases. And, whereas with a play, it's much more like a real job. You show up every night or whatever, you know, four nights a week, and you, you uh, yeah, it's much less intense. It's much less intense, for sure. Than movie. And I guess it's a good question, too. If, cause we haven't, I don't know if any of these questions are going to cue this up. But because it is such an intense experience, I know there's a debate about should you be intimate on camera with someone that's other than your wife. And yeah. now you are married and an actor, or yeah. you have actors. I'm not. I'm not my spouse. Do you, do you agree that that is something that you would should encourage as far as like, because you know it's not reality. However, you're still doing some type of act, which would be also in reality. Yeah, I, I'm really torn because my... Uh, acting training, such as it is, w was very much from this the school of the subconscious. You know, uh, the people like Wynne Handman, uh, Stella Adler, uh, Sanford Meisner, was Handman's teacher. Yep. They all, it all comes from the group theater. And the group theater comes from, uh, you know, was influenced by Russia, by Stanislavski. And Stanislavski was influenced. It's all Freud, basically. It's all this idea that in pre sort of, you know, technical or method acting, as it's sometimes called, th these terms are a little... Um, Imprecise. There's nothing more annoying than a method actor, by the way. <laughs> but but it, you know, there are so many different versions of it. Yeah, the thing that unites all of these ideas is this idea that instead of, you know, I'm in the scene and I'm going to be angry at this person, and so I'm going to do the things that would make me appear as though I'm angry at this person, 
the subconscious organic acting is this idea that I'm going to push the buttons in my subconscious such that uh, like a sponge filling with water, it just sort of pours out in this very organic way. But the thing that's dangerous about it, and I've come to appreciate this more and more since I've stopped and given it up, especially since I've gotten married, is the whole point of it is you really are in love with the person. You really are in, in this very, you know, yelling at them or having sex with them or something. I mean, you're, <laughs> oh, you're really... That's a different, yeah. But you're, I'm not saying you're doing a porno. I just mean like <laughs> even what's simulated, you're kissing somebody. The, the whole idea of the organic acting is it's, it's real. It really is real to you. And so then it will be real to the audience. And that to me seems problematic. Yeah. I think it very well could be. I mean, putting the porn aside, obviously that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different I haven't volume. done that since I left uh, Chatsworth, you know. It is, new, I, <laughs> it's like a town in the valley. It is, it's, it's hard to describe to people that have not been in film. Like, people think of The Notebook every single time. Like, how could you kiss this person? It'd be so, you know, it would be betray the person that, you, that you're married to. And, like, that trust and that level of commitment and that emotion. But when you're in those scenes, you, you haven't thought about the eight-hour day, the ten people around you screaming, going back to one, cutting, microphone. It is so removed from what you see in that perfectly formed frame that, uh, I mean, if I came up and touched your face, it'd be different than if I touched your face intimately, Michael. And so it's, it, to me, it is, it is a great conversation. I love having those with different actors. I have a lot of Christian friends that do not kiss on camera. People will see in a movie coming Kirk, up that I, I do. But yeah, Kirk Cameron, who's a good friend of ours. Because like, he's a he, good person and you're, you're just a degenerate, <laughs> a degenerate cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it does, it does uh, to me, feel very different. And it's a conversation you do also have your spouse because this is a, you know, yeah. it's, you're together in this. So. I just can't believe every time we've kissed on camera, it's not, it's not real for you. That's what I'm upset about. It was real for me, Michael. Uh-huh. I would be okay with allowing girls to compete in men's sports just to show the absurdity of the notion. That is, or, you know, for example, uh, letting Sarah Fuller get totally rocked if she ever, if she had ever dropped the ball. I don't know what that reference refers I, to. I know this reference. I know who wrote this question. So we should let women compete in men's sports so we can see just to get absolutely how rocked. crazy it is. Yeah, and okay. then we feel bad for the women. It's like, how would you dare put yeah. this woman in this situation? Okay. No. No way. You wouldn't put the women in that situation just to show them the wrong? No way. This is this whole thing of like, let's elect Bernie just to show everyone how bad it is. I, like, no, it's my country, you know damn it. And it's just wrong. We did you know? do that. We did a very similar yeah. question to this, I believe, with you and Will Witt. Yeah. And uh, it was I, I? No, I was wrong too. Okay. I think we should because I... For example, like, do you agree with like that you should be able to discipline your child, like spanking, publicly speaking? Yeah, I mean, within within reason. Yeah, yeah, with, exactly, within reason. I think there is no better cure for insanity than reality. And for you to get what's coming, like, you don't touch a flame because you've been burned before. And as soon as you, if you remove, if you keep people in a bubble, you keep your child in a bubble, they will yeah. never learn reality. Same thing if, if you, they may get a physical reaction to burning, but if you let your son talk to your wife that way right like he, ne he needs to know that that is not okay yeah and i think it's so great for these states to go down this road and let people get absolutely rocked so reality will reassert itself a lot of these women don't want to compete against men i mean you, you some do and some are willing to do it and then they get their heads cracked open because of it but i just think it's i think it is just simply wrong to fight a woman for instance and like punch a woman and so i, I just don't even if it will i grant your point it'll teach the lesson i still don't want to do it i grant your point too but th there is something about having reality because you and I can talk all day. Yeah. There is something that is just undeniable that people can experience, and that is one of those things. But why don't if we... Sarah Fuller tries to tackle somebody, yeah. is like, Sarah Fuller a dude? She was the kicker at Vanderbilt down. Oh the yeah, oh, oh my it's, gosh. It's absolutely. Came to the White House. To they lost the kick. game. Yeah, yeah, they lost every game. Vanderbilt. <laughs> it's going to take a long time to recover from that publicity stunt they did. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think 
I, I hear your point. We've talked about this before, but I think reality is the only way yeah. to break through to these people. It's like that is the red pill moment. Where but what if? Work. What if instead of merely having to persuade them and get their assent for our, what if we just impose our will, which happens to be correct in this case? You're saying maybe we don't have the political I, ability to do it. I don't think, and I don't think it would change their mind. They would just say that you're wrong and you're a bigot, bigot yeah. which maybe you are a bigot, but it's just yeah. like... In, in, uh, on this question, I am a bigot, <laughs> yes. yes. No, I, punching so, women is bad. I'm not opening my mind on that. So yeah. I, I, yeah. No, I, think, I, I think I got that one right. That's, uh, yes, and I got it, so I got to do it. Yeah. I had a great high school experience and am in no way compensating by chasing fame. <laughs> All right. Uh, How long do we have? <laughs> yeah. I had a great high school experience. Yeah, I think, I'm sure you did. Yeah, man, I was, I was like the, no, really? No, it was horrible. Hold on. I, so this is why this question is being brought up. Like, I had a great time. I, you know, I was like class president oh, I'm sure you did. and all stuff. Perfect SAT twice, you know, good looking guy, college. Uh, stu- but hold on, you're... You're, you're a good-looking guy. I, I don't want this to get weird, okay? But you're a good-looking guy, you know, obviously talented athlete, uh, talented actor. You, I figured you'd be like, you know, wooing all the honeys up on Lover's Point. What do you mean you had a bad time in high school? I went to a really wealthy, great Christian private school, and everyone was good-looking and athletic, Michael. And I was homeschooled until I was in eighth grade, went to high school, didn't know any, had no social skills as far as how to interact with people that weren't just being like perfect homeschool people mm, that's have tough. you ever been to a city hawkins dance before yeah i i i think once we did it in my so, school but where, yeah. the, where the, the, the the women, women asked, asked them that i was never asked to one and then what? in high school you get asked a jersey to wear at the different football games like the women will ask like a, a jersey to wear i i had a total of three girls ever ask me to wear the jersey in the entire four years and i still remember their names because I, I appreciated it so much because yeah. no one at my own high school, it was a very, very difficult experience. And it was a high school down the road, actually, from here. But the, I bet those ladies are regretting it now. <laughs> you missed out on this hunk, ladies, this hunk movie star. Uh, wow, that's crazy. All right, yeah. I'll, drink. I'll drink. So now you're up. Yeah. I title the Michael Knowles videos for YouTube to be as clickbait as possible. So now I'm answering, because I don't title them. Right, so so that, that was I'm a poorly worded question. The person but. who titles them does it to be as clicky as possible. Uh, duh. Without question. Yeah, that's not easy. That is the first thing I think about every time I see those videos. It's, it's like, like, I don't care what Michael said. How am I going to get Well, it's someone? funny because often, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't mean this, uh, I, don't, I don't mean to disparage my own delivery, but I find my delivery on these videos is sometimes it's a little more circumspect. It's a little, well, you know, there's this side and this side, whatever. You can just say more intelligent than the this title. Is, no, no, I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm saying it's a little, it's a little drier though. Sometimes. And then I look at the title and it's like, Trans lesbian <laughs> from Pakistan. And I think, wow, man, I got to click on that. That's pretty interesting. Uh, uh, all right, so yeah. then, yeah, yeah, so we, we got that one, right? But we, yeah, cheers to clicks. Okay. At this point, the trans agenda only exists to enrich big pharma by taking advantage of the mentally ill by locking them into lifetime prescriptions and unnecessary surgeries, despite the fact that they will only be, at best, a crude mockery of God's perfection. Whoa! (laughs) Whoa! Did I write this? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Hold on, i got to continue, though. Due to YouTube and Facebook rules, make your guess, and do not verbally confirm if the other person guessed correctly. Give only a nonverbal confirmation. Okay, so... Please sum that up for me. I'm going to sum it up in a slightly less outrageous way. Uh, Powerful interests are exploiting sexually confused people to enrich themselves and to advance their own uh, goals, but not to help these confused people. Well, when you put it that way, Michael. Uh 
And I still think you can't, we can't affirm or deny. No, of course not. Okay. All right. Uh, you're up. <laughs> this is going to be interesting, actually. I am more based than the person sitting across from me. Um, the question is like by your definition. Of yeah, yeah. So, so I'm answering how you would answer about me. I would say yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm way my my answer for why this cannot be is because I'm Catholic. Yeah. It gets back to the earlier because I'm Catholic because I don't believe in like you know, like maliberalism or whatever you know, which I I do think the sort of non-Eastern Orthodox or non-Catholic Christians inevitably sort of partake of that modern thing. Uh, but and you think because uh, because because I would lock up Catholics. And yeah, yeah. If you would agree with that, then and it's like because sometimes I won't even admit they're turning the frickin' frogs gay. Because <laughs> they're not; they're turning them trans. That that is exactly right. Yeah. You know. Okay. I'm up. I could produce this show totally on my own. <laughs> well, I can. I definitely can well, answer for you. Well. Well, no. <laughs> a chance. Man. No, but yeah, I, I think I actually have done this basically before. I can barely get from the makeup room into the studio. <laughs> I need a and, giant and never on time, man. by and the way. Certainly never on time. Uh, uh, yes, so that was ab- obviously correct. All right. If you're a man who is unmarried by the, by the time you're 30, it's because you're selfish. Why did you say no? Because I think you believe that certain people will be on different paths, and it's not necessarily selfish if they're following God's plan. Yes. And specifically, you know, priests. Right. I pray they don't get married. Generally speaking, they don't get married. And you're absolutely right. They're degenerates if they're not married by 30. <laughs> so, like, which is my baseness coming out. Yeah, every person I know that is not married by 30 and you know who you are, it's because you're selfish. Like, that, that's what it is. Wow. That's yeah. really, man disregarding priestly celibacy to own the trads. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Morally based movies. That's funny. Do we mean based or like based? Yeah. Morally based movies are gaining in popularity because people are craving traditional value since the woke mob has diluted the entertainment industry. Well, you're... um, I'm going to give like a very esoteric answer. I know. I'm kind of like... Well, probably the exact same thing. Yeah, I think... I mean, it's, it's like all movies... We're all partaking of the moral universe, and to your point, like Braveheart is one of the greatest Christian films ever made. So, uh, yeah, I think that's fair. They're still not flocking to these movies, and there's such a like uh, vice grip on the films they get out there. There's still going to be these woke things that people are flocking towards because that's where all the advertising money is. No one even knows. I had a movie that came out in 2016 that I loved. Yeah. Not even people in the church knew about it because yeah. the DNA was so low. So, no, I think that's still. I think you're right. I think you're right. It would be optimistic to say otherwise. Uh, all right. Having a day job means you haven't really made it as an actor. Oh, having a day job means you haven't. Well, I guess. No, no, I'm, absolutely. Not. I mean, I know oh, you got a point. Yeah, yeah. No, I finally got. No, I mean, I, I, I know very successful actors who have been in very, very big movies whose faces you would know, who who still do catering gigs every now and again or tutor or whatever because, uh, you know, you do like you can do a big movie. But you might only work once or twice the year. I mean, it's just as a matter of time. It's like 15 bucks an hour is going to support your family. Sometimes you need that 15 bucks an hour. I mean, I think, uh, was it uh, Ryan, what's his face? Ryan Gosling. Didn't he go back and work at fast food after he made some big movie? I mean, it was, you know, because he hadn't quite hit his stride again yet. 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I can, you are right about the time. People often do different endeavors, like Ash yeah. and Kutcher will, you know, work with uh, Uber or whatever. However, I, I think it, by definition of the, you making it, it's like these are just kind of toys that you're playing with. It's not like if you're an, I, th- I feel like if you're a working actor, a real successful actor, then you don't have to. You're just doing this for fun. Yeah, so, yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you on that. Like that's. Yeah, to really, ma- yeah, I guess, you know, there's making it and then there's yeah, making it. Yeah, there's making it, it and then there's like Brad Pitt. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, we're getting right to the bottom here. Last okay. two. I do more work for this show than the person sitting across <laughs> from me. Mm. Well. I'm not going to be offended, Michael. This is tricky. This is, here's why it's tricky. I would say you do more things for this show than I do. For both this, this show, obviously, and for my show. I think you do more things for it. But I'm, I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm writing all the time. I'm, th- I'm stewing. I'm traveling. I'm trying, trying my darndest to own every single lib that goes before me. Every slight interaction, every invitation, I, all of it is oriented toward one thing. You. So I would say it's very difficult to quantify that. And trying to outbase me. Like, yeah, I know, certainly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, so now, well, I would say I do spend a lot of time stressing about this show. You do, you do. And thinking of how am I going to title this to be clicky enough for people to pay attention to Michael Knowles. Yes, no, you're right. What should I put in the thumbnail every yeah. single day? Who is messing up on our set that I have yeah. to fire or tell yeah. to do something better? Yeah. There's a lot of things that I'm worried no, about every no, day. you're right, you're right. However, I have mentioned this to someone before when I talked about this show, that it's a lot like when a couple gets pregnant, and mm. they say, we are having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> However, one person is carrying that child. We are having that baby, Michael, every day. <laughs> and you are carrying <laughs> that child. Yeah. That's, Actually, yeah. no. Yeah, you are, wow. I, I will say that no, you no, are, yes, so you are carrying that child, and I'm the husband being like, I'm hey, trans. You know, I'm a part of this too, baby. I'm trans, and you're my well, sugar daddy. People don't know this about the show, because it seems so, a lot of times we try to make it casual on purpose, so it's relatable. However, you are in that room Writing, yeah, furious, and working, slaving away for you, <laughs> like, like in the, the salt mines. I know, and I, I, know, I almost right. feel bad to come in there and like talk to you about why Catholics are wrong. But it's yes, like I have to do it. All right, do you, you're reading the last question, Ryan. I'm reading the last question. Okay, here we go. Since we're nearing the end, and I didn't even get close to the end of mine. Yeah, yeah. All right, catch up. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> <laughs> this is like such a stupid, it's such a stupid question. Being tall and attractive has helped my career. Mm. Well, mm. by whose definition is the problem? Let's see. I would, I would say. Well, for you, yes. And then let's see what you're. Uh, well, wow. See what you don't understand, Mr. Davies. You, <laughs> were you six three, six four? Give or take. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, what you don't understand, because you say Michael, you're not six three. You're a little. You're a little uh, less tall than six three. So, your conclusion of that is that I am not tall. But you see, these things are a little bit relative because compared to the Italian peoples, compared to the people in New York, I am Shaquille O'Neal. I am a giant. Actually, there's a photo. I went to Italy once. I was 15, so I was still growing. And I took a photo with these two guys, you know, who were just kind of average Italian guys. They went up to my, like, chest. I don't, and these, but 
Yet, if I were to go to whatever Scandinavian, you know, uh, Viking yard that your people come from, <laughs> I, they would they could stomp me probably down. So I think uh, relatively, I, I, I'm going to have to move this to a yes. Okay. Um, I think you lean into the intelligence, Michael. You look good. <laughs> and uh, I think that is where your real real gift is. Well. Wow. The, uh, the Scandinavian okay. people, I think on average, are 6'1". So yeah. that's like the average height. So you're right there. This is why... The height is very different than the Italians, apparently, which are allegedly pygmy people, according to you. I yeah. had no idea they were <laughs> <Yeah>. that short. <laughs> you know, it was tough. <laughs> it's like, it was tough in the boot for a while. <laughs> you know, I, I found out that recently I did an ancestry sort of thing, you know, my, my DNA. And I found out I am part uh, Swedish. I thought, well, I don't look what Swedish. What part is that? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a small part. Something tells me some, uh, some one of your ancestors went marauding some coast of Britain or, or perhaps even Italy and uh, maybe had a little fun with some of the locals there and uh, that, might, that might be the result. That explains this. Yeah, that, expla- that explains this. <laughs> uh, ben, the movie's out now. Yes. People can see it. People are seeing it. They can see you now. Often they can't see you. Often you're behind the camera. But they're seeing you right now. And you should see me in theaters. And, and we should all go see Ben <laughs> in theaters. Go check it out. Courageous Legacy. Chin chin. Chin chin.